I, I saw that it was like, man, this is the dream. This is this is who I am. And this is something that I can do <laughs> for a living. So I put like all my efforts in, in doing that. This is Unconditioning, discovering the voice within with Whitney and Jenkins. Hello and welcome to the 42nd episode of Unconditioning, Discovering the Voice Within, where I bring on guests and we talk about the inner authentic voice and the challenges and the rewards that come from following it. This week I have with me Jose Angulo. He is a video game composer from Colombia. He's the founder of the company Hello Sound, and he's really passionate about providing opportunities for musicians to create a path for a sustainable career. Jose is currently composing for the Netflix video game La Casa de Papel, Money Heist. And I have been working with Jose for the past couple of years. We've been working on some audiobook projects together. So I thought it would be fun to have him on and step away from our professional connection a little bit and explore his background and where he started to get to the successful place that he currently is now. I know that you're really going to enjoy Jose and our conversation. He's both charming and profound. So without any further ado, here is Jose. I'm fine, I'm fine. It's a hot day, a really hot day here in in this part of the American continent. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, doing lots of things. At the same time, you know, trying to get keep keep myself busy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it, it seems like you're staying incredibly busy with all of the projects that you're working on, and the companies you're building. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been like you know, I I, I don't know why, but I you know there there are two kinds of people, those that like like to go with the flow and mm -hmm. you know, play it safe. And there are other people like like me, <laughs> you know, really like to be in different projects, doing new stuff. Um, you know, I don't know if you if you know, but I actually went to music school. I studied music. Okay. So I've been really a person who um, likes to follow his own passions and you know just doing a lot of stuff you know whatever i want to do <laughs> that's life yeah, you know absolutely. um and uh, yeah but that also means that sometimes you get your plate full very fast <laughs> very easily <laughs> yeah yeah so, but yeah it's part of the yeah you're, the you're, you're multi-talented so you're being pulled in many different directions <laughs> i like to think it that way maybe just a, a workaholic i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but I like the multi-talented version more. There we go. Okay, cool. <laughs> and, and you're in Colombia right now, is that right? Yes, yes. I've been living here in my whole life. I'm okay. living in a city called, it's pronounced Barranquilla, but you can tell Barran Barranquilla if you want. <laughs> um, but I live in, in Bogota, the capital city, mm -hmm. for like 10 years or so when I went to school. And I went back to my, to my own, to my hometown, which is here. Hmm? Okay. Yeah. And, and what kind of environment it, is it like there? Is it like mountainous or there like water close by? Yeah. This is the North coast of the, of the country. So, you know, I got the beach like 
15 minutes away so <laughs> uh, <laughs> but nice. you know yeah I, I was actually I was recently joking with a couple of friends saying that the most Caribbean thing that you can do is living close to the beach and actually never going to the beach <laughs> Right, because you're a workaholic, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. You know, it, it's something that if you go there, you 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 see like people from other cities yeah. <laughs> going to the beach, but the actual yeah. locals, they we don't go that much. Um, but yeah, but that also means that it's like really hot here the whole year, and I believe that it, it also um affects the way like the culture and the people behaves. Mm -hmm. It's pretty interesting for me, like having lived so much time in such a different place like Bogota, where it's super mountainous, it's cold, you know, seeing the contrast between cultures yeah. in the same country, it's, it's wild, you know, yeah, especially yeah. because I went there really young. Uh -huh. hmm? I, I think that that's not necessarily like a culture thing there because um, when I was living in Los Angeles, there's a beach close by too and I barely went either. So um, <laughs> I think there's something about being like local to water that you just kind of take it for granted sometimes. Yeah, totally. Okay, hmm? cool. So so my podcast um, is based on your inner authentic voice and like following that, which... I wanted to have you on because it seems like that's what you've been doing for a while now, mm. if not your whole life. So the conversation is very organic and it'll come up as it goes. But there is like one thing that I like to ask to sort of kick off the conversation and give it a little bit of structure. And so that question is, when is the first time that you can remember realizing that you had like this inner voice that you were following and it was your own voice completely your own and it wasn't influenced by your culture or your family or school or anything but it was something that like signified to you that this was purely you and it was coming from you do you have a moment like that maybe you know i can think of two moments actually um as i told you i went to to music school and um of course you know, living in a super conservative <laughs> home. Mm -hmm. um, my family didn't want me to go to, to music school. Like, you got to study something that actually <laughs> makes you, gives you something to, to make a living. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think that those moments where I follow my inner voice were too. First, when I first knew that there was something called music. Yeah. the guitar I recall that I was watching tv watching the morning cartoons <laughs> I was a little <laughs> kid and you know I was just um switching through the channels and I saw a concert um from Michael Jackson okay and there was a moment where Slash the guitar player from Guns N' Roses uh -huh. came in and he did this wild guitar solo <laughs> and uh, he went on his knees and you know with his guitar pointing straight up and then you know it's it was a part of the show but then you know the security guy came in and he said like go up and he kept on playing you know i i almost can see myself with my eyes popped out shining so hard like man i i want to be like that you know and from that moment i knew that i wanted to 
to be a musician. So there was that was the moment where I think that the seed of following that inner voice was planted. Mm -hmm. Like there's something that it's mine and I really like. And uh, it was the first time that I saw that there was something that, you know, this is something that I really like. It's not something that I discovered myself. Yeah. And um, it's something that the, the, a moment where I really felt the bonding with something, not with Slash. Well, I, I, I guess that, that you could say that with Slash because, you know, we need idols too. But with music itself and the um, real moment was, was when I decided what, what, was, what was I going to do with my life, mm-hmm. which is kind of ridiculous <laughs> you know you you are a 17 18 year old boy and you have to decide what you're gonna do for your whole life it's crazy if you think about it um so i really i, I recall that I, I spoke with my mom and i said she wanted me to be a, a navy seal or something like that <laughs> like something yeah. totally opposite <laughs> of right. what i really wanted and I recall that I, after a lot of soul searching, I recall that I told her like, mom, I can't do whatever you want, but I definitely not going to be happy or going to feel realized. And I'm going to be a frustrated guy. And I probably won't <laughs> work in that anyway. So probably I will just finish the career and then go into music. So let's save all those wasted years and <laughs> let's go directly to, to, to art school, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it was something that was kind of rebellious in some way, uh-huh. coming from a, a really traditional family, I repeat. And yeah, it was the, the, the first time that I recall that I really followed my, my inner voice and, you know, stood up for what I really wanted to, to do. Yeah. And and how old were you when you first like saw Slash on TV? Do you remember how old you were during that moment? I was a little boy, maybe six or eight years old. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And and did you start learning how to play the guitar after that moment? No, no. it. I started like um, when I was twelve years old. I think so it went well but I remember that I, I you know back in the day you used to listen to a radio <laughs> and I, I I remember that I like really like to search for new music search for new bands and um, this is um well my city this city um, was pretty small back in the day and that means that there was not much of an offer for new new things so um most of the people like really listen to salsa and mm-hmm. a music called vallenato which is like something really really from from this place but i didn't like it so i remember that i used to like like really old music like the music that my grandma used to listen <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, um, so so it was funny to have, <laughs> and I was kind of embarrassed to like that, um, because um, it was like all people's music, but I don't know, I just liked it, and uh, but but yeah, I I I didn't 
picked up an instrumental till I was older. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Did you have anyone in your life who were musicians that you could kind of look up to? Nope, not at all. I was wow. the black sheep of the family. Yeah. <laughs> it was the, the first artist. Um, my mom, she she um, she worked uh, as she studied. Was the I don't know what was the name. Um, social work. Yeah, okay. she was, she was mm-hmm. a social worker, but she never um, worked on, on her career. He, she decided to um, dedicate to, to her family, to us. Yeah. I'm the the second of three brothers. And my dad, he's an engineer okay. and he works, well, back in the day, he worked in the family business that my, mm-hmm. my grandpa built. That, and they work with steel, and you know yeah metals and you know all those things that i like they're so boring to me <laughs> yeah very like practical like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you had a, a creative artist soul that you needed to explore that they didn't understand right 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 mm-hmm. yeah so what was it like when you finally went to music school do you remember that feeling of did you feel like a feeling of accomplishment? Like once you started, like what was that like for you? Well, it um, it was scary, scary as hell because um, I in my city here, I actually had to go to Bogota as I told you, because there was no um music school on the city, so um I. I went away from my house um, when I was 18 years old, went to live on a, an apartment with roomies. I know that in the USA, that's, that is very common. It's almost natural and it's what is expected. But here in Latin America, um, it's very usual that people live with their families mm-hmm. until they're really old. Yeah. It's, um, you know until the trainees even their 30s <laughs> you can see people living with their parents <laughs> I, which i know it's, it's insane for some people but it's normal here huh? people only goes um out of their house when they get married if they ever do so <laughs> and um it was so scary to me you know to went to 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 music school because of all the things that i was going through at the same time you know going to a new city such yeah. a different city mm-hmm. um, I had like a bit of a culture shock in in many oh, ways so much so much and um I remember that I went to, to a, a a private university um but you know that was so so expensive and um, we didn't have that much money at the moment um so I started working while I was studying. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I went just went to a public school, public university, which was the best decision in my life. Um, because I graduated, and I was debt free, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, yeah, freedom. Well, I was seeing my, my friends like struggling with debt that, you know, uh, that's a huge issue in the world right now mm-hmm. um so 
But when I was in music school, I it was amazing just to see how are people saw music, you know, yeah. because I was the only musician in my family and among my friends. Um, so having people that share the same interest, but also saw them some music in, in different ways was um, so eye-opening for me. Hmm? Yeah. And uh, I built relationships with so much amazing um, people, which I still keep this day, until this day. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not gonna say it was like the best experience of my life, <laughs> but it was definitely <laughs> something that I really enjoyed. Hmm? Yeah, did you did you study something specifically within music at the school? Yeah, I studied composition and arrangements. Hmm? Okay. I actually went started studying uh, guitar performance. Okay. Um, but when I was going to to change schools, um, you know, here in Colombia, public schools are the best. Hmm? Um, I know that it's not the same for, for in every country, but at least here, it, the best education you can find is in public schools. And for that reason, a lot of people want to get in. And um, that means that there's not... A lot of chance for you to get in. Hmm? Yeah. Um, remember that when I went in school, there was place for 80 people, and um, I I think that there it was like 300, 350 people trying to get in. So it was you know it was a fierce competition. Yeah, selective. Yeah, and the reason I didn't went to study guitar is because there was only one spot for for guitar. <laughs> And there were three spots to study composition. So I said, okay, <laughs> I guess composition it is. <laughs> I can still play guitar <laughs> in my free time, whatever. Um, so yeah, so so it was basically a strategic decision. <laughs> but I don't regret, I don't re 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 regret at all because I still play guitar and I got all the composition skills, which is something yeah. that I really enjoyed too. Yeah, you can you can compose with your guitar too. So that's like an right. added bonus. Um, right, right. Mm -hmm. um, wow, composition. Um, that is not a small thing to study. There's a lot of things that go within that. And mm -hmm. especially for you who is kind of like new to exploring music, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I imagine that might have been quite uh, something to dig into. Yeah, because... Um... You know, composition, oh, we are often looked at as the nerd <laughs> in music schools, you know, because you got the guitar players, are they're, they're such rock stars, you know, with their long hair and they on stage. Singers also, they have, they get in the stage and they, there's, they look so big on stage. And um, composers are like, alone in their own studios <laughs> writing music <laughs> and reading books and um, studying theater music theory and and uh, but it's such a big world but you know i learned that even though there are so much things in the in the composition world and within music 
and this applies to anything in life um you just gotta find the you just gotta focus in what you like in yeah. what in what is your own voice actually yeah <laughs> which exactly. is the, 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 the theme <laughs> of this podcast this podcast and it's something that the school um really gives you you know i remember that i studied contemporary music impressionism romanticism bach beethoven mozart yeah. um you know all these composer or these techniques all this theory Now ask me if I remember half of them. I don't, <laughs> and um, I don't really care because I wanted something really specific and the music that really resonated with me was something very specific, yeah. which was music for media. Hmm? Uh -huh. Okay. Film and, and video games. Yeah. That was my thing. That's my jam, you know? <laughs> so so um, yeah. it yeah, yeah. helped me. It helped yeah. me to find my own voice. We're able to find what resonated with you mm -hmm. within mm -hmm. all of that. Excellent. Yeah. And so did you begin composing for media and video games? Was that like a conscious decision while you were in school? Or was that something that sort of culminated at the end that you graduated and you were like, this is what I'm most interested in. I'm going to focus on that. Um, I really wanted to 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 do that. I. I... So, you know, studying composition, I realized that music was everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I started to pay attention to the music in films. And I saw like, man, this, this is great. <laughs> this is neat, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, seeing all these composers, Danny Elfman, Hans Zimmer, um, which one, How to Train Your Dragon, John Powell is his name. All these guys I looked upon and I saw like that is really something that caused my attention. And in, in school, I recall like doing exercises by my own because um, there was no the like film scoring emphasis um, mm -hmm. yeah. in school. So you had to study on your own. And but even though I was interested, I didn't work in film music. Not because I didn't want it to, but because I didn't know how to, you know, how, yeah. to, how, how to get a gig, how to get paid, how to um, get a, a movie to score or something like that. So I just went ahead and looked for, you know, a clip from E.T. maybe, um, mm -hmm. mute all the sound and write my own music or it, um, study the scores that I could find um from john williams mm -hmm. for example and uh, i didn't did my my first short actually um now that i think of it pretty recently i think that he was on oh i did the first job that i did was a tv series oh. in 2018 or something like that it was pretty recently now that i think <laughs> of it uh, But yeah, it it, it um it didn't happen. But but in all those years, I was like getting myself ready for the time when the, the opportunity came. Hmm? Um, or better said, for the time when I decided to go ahead and look for the opportunity because yeah. it, it it didn't came alone or by itself. 
Mm. Yeah. And, and what was that process like of actually finding the confidence within yourself that you could do this and then going and seeking out people to prove that to? Um, oh, I, I was never confident, actually. <laughs> 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 I was you know, something that I have learned in life is that um, you never feel prepared or ready for for <laughs> for things. You know, there's always this little voice telling you that you're not good enough, but you just gotta go ahead and and go for it. I guess. So um, I remember that I I made a a reel of this. Um, movie scenes that I scored my own music on and I started to to try to show it to basically everybody um and just you know just letting people know hey I make music I would like to work on, on on media on tv or movies or video games or just whatever <laughs> that came in and um I got recommended from by a friend who um, there was this guy, he won a, a, a prize, some money to produce a, a series, a documentary series. And we got in contact and I remember that I was so scared when I told him his price because, you know, my price, I mean, um, because artists and musicians, we are often like, scared to charge what yeah it, mm-hmm. it, what what you know to say the real price be, just because we don't want to lose the job right right yeah there's like a, a starving artist kind of romanticism surrounding right. uh what we create right and it was like you know um it's i don't know maybe you have experienced that much experience but i have studied and i went to music school and I have my diploma, even though nobody cares, but I did have <laughs> it. Um, and yeah, I, I remember that when, when I sent him the, the quote, the guy was like, sure, well, I'll send you the the, the the video in the next few days and we'll start working. So yeah, it was like, it was, it was like putting myself out and I got a recommendation from a friend, a really good friend and um there from there it was just gig after gig hmm. yeah thankfully things went went only went forward from there it sounds like that one moment in alignment that happened with your friend was sort of the door to open more opportunity for you yeah because i saw that there was something that i really liked to do and there was something that I was that I could be paid to do, mm-hmm. and it, you know it was it, it is like the dream, you know, to live for doing what you like. It's, yeah, I, I know it's it sounds crazy, but most of the people don't have that um, privilege of working in something they like and getting paid for Absolutely. for doing something. Yeah, to like live within your authentic voice to get back to that topic. So (laughs) when I I saw that, it was like, man, this is the dream. This is this is who I am. And this is something that I can do. 
<laughs> for a living. So I put like all my efforts in in doing that, in, in yeah. working, scoring music. And um, how did it feel to have accomplished that and then reflect on your parents not really wanting you to pursue music as a career? <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun because I remember that once I, um, I kind of felt like I was doing some good money. Uh, I went and invited all the family for a dinner in a fancy <laughs> restaurant. And I was like, um, this is courtesy of the musician <laughs> who nobody believed in. <laughs> and you told me that music wasn't gonna give me <laughs> enough to live. Uh, they, you know, they, they took it like um, on the joke side. <laughs> it was a joke, but um, I, I have, even though they, they, they didn't agree so much, I they were supportive mm -hmm. um, and they didn't like prohibited anything from me. You know, they like, like they always respected my own decisions. And uh, because I have always been honest with them. And um, yeah, you know, one, I, I guess it was a relief to them to know that, you know, being a musician doesn't necessarily mean to to starve right. yeah, <laughs> uh, and not doing anything with your life. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, you followed your uh, intuition mm -hmm. and it, mm -hmm. it, it gave you rewards. Right, right. And I'm still doing it until this day. You know, everything that I do um, is because there's something there that I'm passionate about. And is that I think that it's the main component for anyone to do anything because that's the, the way you can do it with love and mm -hmm. to, you know, to pursue something despite of all the obstacles is to do the things because there's something inside you that is calling you to, to do the things. Hmm? Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree with you. And I want to talk about your process as a composer a little bit and um, mm -hmm. because that has to come from somewhere. Um, mm. And you have to be inspired by something probably in order to arrange a piece. So mm -hmm. is there a certain process that you use to create a piece that you're working on? Or like, where does that come from? Um, because I write mostly for right now, mostly for video games. Um, there's always a story. Mm -hmm. There's always and and an image there's always some sort of inspiration the musician in the um in the process of making a a, a series or, or or a video game often comes late into a process when there's already something done or at least there's an idea mm -hmm. um so i like to start small and work from there this is something that Beethoven does a lot. You know, this, which one is the one? The fifth symphony? It's the same tiny idea all over the place. Did you listen to it carefully? You're going to see that it's the same, this tiny idea. And it's, you know, it plays 
some instruments, the, the screens, then the woodwinds, then the it plays high, low, whatever. So, um, the, for example, when there are when the the game of a project is like very story driven and it's like very character driven, I like to make representation of those representations of those characters <laughs> and um, those stories within the music. So maybe a theme represents this character, a musical theme, another musical theme represents this other character. There, there's something that represents the struggle that they might be having, maybe a melody in the woodwinds, maybe a melody in the, in the strings. Um, or in the synthesizer, which is something that I've been toying with lately <laughs> to make synthesized sounds. And, you know, just bring it from there, grab tiny ideas and try to develop it according to the story or according to the, to the moment of the game. Um, I really admire people who can write anything out of the blue because it's something that I cannot do, really. I need, like, something to grab, <laughs> to grab on um, and grab inspiration from, from there. Yeah, sort of like a reflection of what's in front of you. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And I really remember that I used to um, think that I wasn't good just because um, I had other classmates that were, like, you know, they did these symphonies and these string quartets and all this academic music. <laughs> so good. And, you know, they wrote like a piece for full orchestra that lasted 30 minutes. And I was like, why, why can I do that? <laughs> why I'm just writing tiny pieces of two minutes for us for solo piano or whatever. Um, but then I realized that I wasn't doing that because that wasn't me. Hmm? Right, yeah. The, mm -hmm. the music that re I, I could do um, worked well like in smaller formats and for other purposes. So not everybody has to be good in everything. Hmm? And also, um, good is subjective. Um, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so that's your opinion. And also, um, things can be great in condensed packages, like a really incredible story can be told within a two minute song. Um, mm -hmm. so it seems like storytelling is a big component of what you do overall. Mm -hmm. It is, it is, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Music is a way to, 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 to tell a story, you know? Um, and it's something that that's the beautiful thing of, um, of these symphonic pieces, um, to be able to see or listen, or even to feel the story, whatever that means, yeah, only through the music, you know, mm -hmm. uh, listening to, to, um, Shostakovich, for example, who was a composer who really struggled with lots of things in, in his life. And he, he, I believe that he was like in the second world war and you know, there, there are so much things that he went through and you can 
feel that in his music. Mm -hmm. You can feel that story through the music. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It's so crazy. Yeah. But um, storytelling, I believe, is you know, in, in, in any kind of, of musical representation. It's something that it's there and it's hard to not be... Um, to, to, to that. It's hard that a piece of music doesn't tell a story. You yeah. know what I mean? I do. And it, and in, and it's universal too. So mm. it, it it transcends languages and cultures and um, really like taps into the the human experience mm, in a like right. very collective way, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It reminds us that we all come from the same place. <laughs> yeah. That we are all brothers. We are the world for the people, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah. We, I mean, we're talking about um, something and connecting over music and, and talking about it. And we're in completely different places right now and completely different cultures. And we're still able to understand um, the essence of what music is and how it affects us as humans. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. really like profound and beautiful about that. Hmm. Totally. I agree, I agree with that. And it's something that um, I believe that for the reason music will never die and it has been with us since the the beginning of humankind basically hmm? so yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and if you you get down to like the vibrations of the earth and the universe like music is very much an integral part of everything that we are mm -hmm. yeah agree <laughs> <laughs> so if someone would like to work with you and to have you compose their video game or their documentary or their short film or anything, uh, where can they find you and how can they work with you? Just send me a DM. <laughs> <laughs> at, uh, I, I'm, I'm in all social media. Well, I have a company. Hmm. I should have started by, for that. <laughs> Hello Sound, where, you know, the reason I... I, I built that project wasn't because i wanted to get rich but it's it was because um there's something that apart from writing music i really like to share what i do i really like to work with um or aspiring composers and aspiring mm -hmm. musicians because i understand that there are not so much work opportunities out there yeah so the reason that i For me to build that company, it was to give the chance to people who want to work composing music to come and work with me, and you know learn the the process and and uh, you know just for, for for them to to mm -hmm. to 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 dedicate to music, not necessarily teaching if, if that is something that they don't want to do, or because we have this problem that um. The musicians can work in whatever <laughs> comes first, and uh, doesn't they don't necessarily do what they want to do, but they do what it's available at the moment, and that's it. So right. I, I I really want to 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 help to make the change, and for that reason I founded this company called Hello Sound, where you know we work on video games mostly, mostly on video games. We have been We have worked in short films, but it's not what we usually do. Um, mostly video games. 
So, um, hellosound.net, that's the web page right now. And uh, you can find me at, at H Sound Studios. Hmm? That's an H Sound <laughs> Studios. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put the link to your, your website awesome. and everything Thank in you. the show notes. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah because I don't trust my own pronunciation that much. For <laughs> the reason I'm so emphatic on that. And um, yeah, we are there in, in all social media. And you can send me an email, a DM, and we'll start talking. You know, we, 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 always, we, always want, we, we are a, a, a small team but a really consolidated team and we work with a lot of love and passion for the for any project that come that comes in so yeah if anyone is interested just let me know send me a message <laughs> excellent awesome well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast um i i have one last question that i ask to sort of wrap everything up mm -hmm. and that question is If your inner voice had a billboard, what would it say to the world? <laughs> um, I. It has to be one phrase, or maybe. Well, I mean, I, it, you can make it a couple if it's necessary <laughs> to um, get your point across. <laughs> I guess that it would be, just go for it, and uh, no, don't worry you're not ready anyway so just go for it something like that you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's a, because i think that um most of the time we don't do things because we don't feel ready for them even oh, yeah. though we are ready for them just that we don't believe in ourselves so sometimes you just gotta take a leap and, and you know go for it yeah so yeah, yeah. that's my mantra <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and rating this podcast as it really helps get this podcast out to other people who might be interested in hearing it but don't know about it yet. And also, if you'd like to contact me or reach me, you can reach me at unconditioningpodcast at gmail.com or unconditioningpodcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. And until next time... Stay tuned in to you.